don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Hope you all had a great day out there. I am on the road today, so no video podcast, uh, for me at least, but I'll be back later this week with videos. Kip had a video out earlier today, and we'll have some more out throughout the week. So, you know, while you're listening, go ahead and uh, go take a look at our Rumble page. You can find us at Vertical Research Advisory. Uh, we put all of our podcasts, all of our video casts there. Uh, so go give us a subscribe there. We'd love to have you with us. Uh, or you can sign up for our email list at VRAinsider.com. Uh, either on the main page or on our podcast page to receive all of our daily free VRA updates as well, our, our, uh, you know, our podcast, video cast, our blog, everything like that. You can find it all there. Uh, but that being said, I'm on the road today uh, because it is Kip's birthday today. So all of y'all out there, he usually hates it when I, when I mention it to members. But uh, if you're if you hear this, Go ahead and wish him a happy birthday uh, today. Uh, just been, you know, it's it's always been really cool working with your dad as I do. Could not be more grateful for it. Uh, couldn't ask for a better dad out there. So please go out there and be sure to wish him a happy birthday for me as well. Uh, and so that being said, We got a strong day today for his birthday as well, right as we needed it too. Not so much yesterday, but it was good to see today's action. It seems like the first time in a while that we've gotten a higher open that finished even stronger on the day today because we saw a nice smart money hour today. All of our major indexes finished higher on the day, either at or near their highs of the day. And again, it seems like the first time in a while we've had a higher open that is also finished strong, right? We, we talked about this a lot. We saw it a lot last week where we got slightly negative opens that finished strong. The week before that, it was the opposite. We had, you know, a relatively strong open. I mean, not up by a lot. Um, and then we would finish at the lows of the day. We saw it yesterday where we opened higher and ended up finishing negative on the day today. Uh, so... Today's action, obviously, we much, much prefer this kind of action. Like I said, we finished higher uh, across the board today at the highs of the day. So again, exactly what you want to see. And I'll get into all of this here more in a minute. Uh, But first, you know, back to yesterday's action. It looked like a nicely higher open followed up by a down day on the day. That's just not what you want to see when you continue hearing news about a slowing economy, you'll get more uh, indications of high inflation, a housing market that is slowing, and companies like Apple announced yesterday that they're going to be slowing their hiring pace, right? That's all bad news. And it's not the news that matters as much as the market's reaction to that news. So today, when we continue seeing you know, people predicting that earnings are going to slump, other economic data coming out, and our markets were still able to rally like we got today, you know, that's a much better indication of health in the market here. And Netflix is a great example of this today. Netflix reported after the close, but during the day today, Netflix was up over five, roughly 5.6% on the day today. Uh, and then after the close... They did manage to beat on earnings per share. 
They missed slightly on revenue. Uh, but the big one here was how many subscribers they lost. This is the biggest amount of subscribers that they've lost, I think, in their history, at least over a decade. They were expecting to lose over 2 million subscribers in the quarter. But they beat on that, so they lost less than 1 million. So the market sees that as a win. But again, still basically a miss on earnings. And the stock was up as much as 8% right after it came out, still up over 6% in after hours trading right now. So again, you can see here, it's not the news that matters, it's the market's reaction to the news. And we don't think that that is just, that Netflix is gonna be a one-off there that's due for a big rally. It's really the entire rest of tech. When you look at these charts, I mean, we are almost across the board near 52-week lows, and as we've discussed here on the podcast a lot, tech stocks have really been in a bear market since February of 2021, so February of last year, right? That is when the majority of tech stocks actually peaked. You know, we talked about our FIFO candidates, first in, first out. A lot of those were the first ones in. Last year, you had ARK-K, that peaked in February of last year. Uh, We had, I mean, uh, we saw Biotechs, one of our other FIFO candidates, also peaked in February of last year. KWeb peaked in February of last year. That's the China Internet ETF. So again, tech, right? All of these tech names, I mean, really, most of them are down 50 to 60% off of their highs. So those value, people keep talking about these extended valuations and that we still have to find um, some, you know, where the price normalcy is here for these companies. How are we going to value them going forward? Um, and I actually saw a great quote from um, um, Charlie Munger last week. And uh, he was talking about why stocks were doing so well, like in his heyday. And he said, you know, tech has come so far that we have to reevaluate how we value these companies. You know, the valuations from 50 years ago, the techniques they used don't apply to today. We have totally different products. The internet didn't exist back then. Um, So, you know, we also need a different form of price discovery then as well uh, that can give these a rightfully so higher value. You know, think about how much buying power the dollar has lost. Yes, the dollar is nearing 20-year highs. That doesn't mean you can buy anything more with it, really, um, because we've lost so much of the purchasing power of the dollar. So um, another reason there why stock valuations have come so far, but at these levels, we've been so beat up in tech and other areas. This is, you know, they've corrected now too far to the downside in our view. So at the very minimum, we feel that we're due for a big rally from here. And then the question remains that if it will be a big bear market rally or the beginning of the next bull market. Right now, it's just too soon to tell, right? You don't want to always be trying to call tops, always be trying to call bottoms. Those aren't you know, really long-term winning strategies. You might get lucky from time to time. Uh, Really, it's about risk management more so than it is about calling tops and bottoms, Uh, waiting for the price. You know, when we're in a big downtrend like this, before we get aggressively long, we at least want to see some action that tells us that we're breaking that downtrend, right? So again, just too soon to tell, but we are seeing 
a lot of good signs here. And no doubt, pessimism rules the market right now. So as contrarians, we look at that as another bullish factor here as well. So these are all pieces of the puzzle uh, that we're putting together. You know, we've started to take some more positions here to get longer on this market because we feel, again, that we're at least due for a big bear market rally. We just haven't had one yet since our major indexes entered bear market territory. You know, talking about getting back like half of those losses uh, before possibly continuing back down to the downside. Or maybe we form a double bottom, you know, any of those things. But at the very least, we're due for a big rally here. Um, and I got a few other things I want to talk about, but I'll get to those here in a second. Um, but, but back to the pessimistic topic that does have us as contrarians so bullish right now. Kip covered this earlier today as well. We wrote about it to our members. Just how bearish people are right now. Here is the Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey that just came back. So the, the BAML, Monthly Fund Manager Survey. You know, they take into account money managers from all over the country, about 300 money managers. And essentially, everyone is bearish right now. Investors have slashed their exposure to risk to below levels not seen since even before the global financial crisis. So not coronavirus insanity, you know, not 2018. Going back to 2008, investor allocation has plunged below levels last seen October 2008, with exposure to cash is now the highest since 2001. That gives you an example of just how bearish people are right now. A net 58% of fund managers said they're taking lower than normal risk right now. So when you see them taking those kind of, of actions, you know, again, a big contrarian signal for us, us here. And really, you know, you can probably trust a survey of money managers better than you can the banks themselves because you see it so often. You saw it this year from um, Jamie Dimon at the beginning of the year saying it was going to be a good year. That's literally they are ensuring exit liquidity for themselves, right? Telling you to buy while they're selling into that. That's a strategy they love to use. And the same thing works to the other side. If they're telling you it's going to look so much worse, and I mean like a broad consensus is telling you things are going to get worse, and especially from the big banks and major investors, right? They're trying to keep prices lower so they can add to more positions. Because these are, you know, they're going to hold that for a year, two years, longer maybe. Uh, so really anywhere in this price range, they're going to feel good about. Uh, so if you keep selling it, it goes down a little bit. No big deal. They've already established their position. They want to hold it for a while. So that's that's the story that you see on Wall Street time and time again. When they tell you to buy, they're selling into your buying pressure. When they tell you to sell, they're likely buying your shares from you. Uh, just a head game. They play time and time again. Uh, so to see this many major banks and major investors this bearish, we'd love to take the other side of that. Uh, so that said, let's take a look at our market action on the day-to-day. -day. As I mentioned earlier, we did finish higher across the board. Good action here today. And one of the reasons that I said earlier that we're looking for at least a bear market rally here is because this is the kind of day that feels like a bear market rally. In bear markets, their rip your face off moves higher. 
you know, we almost would have rather seen a more orderly session today, right? I'm not going to say that um, we're there's no chance that we continue to rally from here. I certainly think that we we can, um, but big up days like today feels more like a bear market rally than it does the beginning of a new bull market. That's why they always say, "Buy the dip, sell the rip." Uh, you know those old adages. You know they ring true. Pretty often, so you gotta you gotta listen to them to some extent. But at the end of the day, price action is the only thing that matters. So, um, if you've been tuning in here with us, though, we've been talking about finding a bottom in this bear market, right? And in our view, the bottom is likely in at least the short term bottom. Of course, bottoms can be messy. Doesn't mean we're not going to get a retest of the lows, but we don't see that in the cards as of right now. We aren't out of, out of the woods yet, but as we see it, we're closer to the end of this than we are to the beginning of it. And I say that because if you look at some of the chart patterns right now, we're starting to see some breaking of the downtrend that we've seen. And especially right now, you see it in NASDAQ and you see it in the small caps and you want to see those groups leading. We see it in the semiconductors as well. Another group, you hear us talking about it often, right? You want to see tech leading the market? You want to see semis leading tech? Well, that's what we've seen. They've all Semis, NASDAQ, small caps, all have broken their downtrend line and have made a series now of uh, higher lows and higher highs. That's the kind of pattern formation you want to see for a continued bull run from here. So small caps led the way today up 3.5% to 1,799. We were followed there by the NASDAQ up 3.11% to 11,713. And as I mentioned earlier, the semis outperformed both of those on the day, up a massive, over 4.5% on the day for the semis, and again, a good-looking chart now there as well. Uh, so exactly what we want to see today um, from, that kind of an action, from that kind of action. Next up was the S&P 500, up 2.43% to 30, uh, excuse me, 2.76% to 3,936. And it was the Dow Jones up 2.43% to 31,827. A nice 750-point rally today for the Dow Jones. As I mentioned, we finished at or near the highs of the day much better than yesterday where we opened higher and finished at the lows. This is the kind of day that you want to see continue. Uh, looking at our internals on the day, Really strong readings today. Uh, really, we had some strong, like a little bit better readings going into the close, even though we finished, you know, solid. But uh, I'll cover these here. I'll, I'll kind of walk you through it. Advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks on both indexes here today. NYSE nearly 5 to 1 positive and NASDAQ over 3 to 1 positive. 52-week highs to lows. These continue to lag here. That's to be expected. This is a lagging indicator, uh, not a leading indicator. So when you have a bear market like this, you know, it's going to take some time before you get a fair amount of stocks back to 52-week highs. But this may be one of the best readings we've seen in a while. So we'll take that as a win with 142 stocks hitting 52-week lows. I mean, we've had between three and 500 really in that range almost every day uh, for the last couple weeks. And before that, it was in the thousands. So this is improvement. Uh, and then we had 51 stocks hitting 52-week highs. That's also a higher number than we've seen lately. But lastly here, volume. This is where we got the update into the close. We came in just barely shy. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. <clears throat> uh, 
Uh, sorry about that. So for volume, we came in just shy of a 90% bullish thrust day today. If we have 90% upside volume, technicians refer to that as a bullish thrust, very bullish. Uh, and specifically, that was the NYSE. We had 90% upside volume about an hour before the close, and we got a little bit of, of selling into the close. Uh, it wasn't enough to pull our markets down, but it did get us down to 89% upside volume. So we're right there, you know, almost splitting hairs at that point. So it's still a strong day today. Uh, and then we had NASDAQ coming in at over two and a half to one positive for volume today. So really a good day across the board there for our internals. We'll take it. Next up, our sectors on the day. We finished with all 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by communication services, industrials, and energy. Our laggards on the day, if you want to call them that, they still finish higher. Utilities up about seven-tenths of 1%. Uh, you know, Good to see we had the 10-year up again today, back above 3% now, up 2% on the day to just barely over a 3, a 3.01 here. Let me... Uh, Pull up the chart one more time here before I move on. Yeah, I mean, nothing. We've kind of found this range here. Looks like we could settle out here for a little while in the 10-year. You know our view. Longer term, we think yields are heading lower. In the short term, you know, as long as the Fed is in a tightening cycle, maybe we could head a little bit higher, but we don't see this heading a whole lot higher from here. Of course, all eyes are on next week's FOMC meeting, uh, which will come out next Wednesday. They're expected right now to raise by 75 basis points. The expectations for 1% have risen a lot, but doesn't seem like that's something they really want to do. Why, why rush at this point when you're already seeing signs that the economy is slowing? Uh, that's our view. Of course, the Fed always has an agenda that they don't alert you to, so you never know which direction they want to send this market. Finally, for today, or like I said, the other laggards on the day. Um, if you again, if you want to call them that, consumer staples up over one percent, and healthcare up one point eight percent. So really, good day across the board. Again, all eleven sectors finishing positive. Finally, for today, our VRA commodity watch: gold pretty much flat on the day, down just point zero four percent now to one thousand seven hundred and nine dollars an ounce. Uh, you know, we did get some outperformance today from the miners still they're near 52 week lows right now, but you want to see the miners outperform the metal. They did that today. Silver down as well by eight tenths of 1% to $18 and 68 cents an ounce copper now down just over one and a half percent to $3 and 29 cents a pound and oil trying to get back above that $100 barrel mark and stay there, up 1% now, almost exactly at $100 a barrel. Finally for today, cryptocurrencies. And I wanted to focus on this one for a second because we've talked about this a lot in the past, not so much recently. Uh, Kip talked about it on one of his podcasts recently, but we haven't covered it as much, that the chart of Bitcoin and the NASDAQ, when you overlay them, you know they're really very similar looking charts. You get some divergences from time to time, but it's a pretty good indicator that when Bitcoin's leading, the rest of the market is going to follow. And Bitcoin up a nice 8.5% today to 23,316. I want to see when the last time, because we broke below 21,000 about mid-June. Yeah, so we haven't seen the above 23,000 level since 
almost, I mean, about mid-June. So good to see. Also, we're seeing some higher highs and higher lows coming in from this group. But what really has caught my eye the last few sessions has been Ethereum. Up 49% in just the last seven days. Remember, cryptos trade 24-7. They don't close ever. Uh, so that includes weekends there. Up 49% in the last seven days. Uh, good to see if you do see this as an indicator for risk on sentiment coming back into our market. There's no better risk on sentiment indicator than cryptos. Uh, remember, I mean, come on, they're backed by essentially nothing other than an algorithm and faith. Sounds a lot like our fiat currency, honestly. Um, but given that they, it's not like gold, it's a tangible asset, you know, it's a great barometer for risk on sentiment. Uh, so to see Again, Ethereum up 49% in the last seven days, Bitcoin up 20% in the last days, and a number of these other cryptos up 20, 30, 40 plus percent in the last week. So good to see uh, for risk on sentiment there. Um, but Ethereum up another 6% today to 1,561 for Ether. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. While you're there, uh, shoot us an email. Wish Kip a very happy birthday too. Uh, But again, you can sign up for all of our VRA updates, uh, our free updates at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.